you for joining the ladies of Her Portion Podcast. Come, pull up a seat at the table, because you are welcome here. Grab your Bible and a pen, and let's dig into God's Word together. Take a moment and pray that God would open your heart to Him as you listen. So without further ado, let's get right into today's portion. Hey guys, it's Courtney here. This month, we've decided that our topic should be fear. Not just because of all the fear relating to the status of our nation and the world as a whole, but also because it's October, you know, Halloween, all the spooky things. So I want to start the month out by defining our word fear, because you know we love to do that. Webster's 1828 Dictionary defines fear as a painful emotion or passion excited by an expectation of evil or the apprehension of impending danger. Fear is accompanied with a desire to avoid or ward off the expected evil. Fear is an uneasiness of mind upon the thought of future evil likely to befall us. And the Strong's Concordance says that fear is simply to frighten, to be afraid. So we know some fears can be crippling. Some fears, they can seem kind of silly. But most importantly, some fears can keep us from the will of God. Some fears can be a stronghold. And some fears can be a sin. Now, there are some things you should be leery of. God gave us a brain, and we should definitely learn how to use it. Our fear comes from uncertainty, though. Our fear comes from not knowing what's coming next. Our fear comes from Satan. 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That fear that you're feeling, that fear that's got you bound, that's got you all tangled up, you can't eat, you can't sleep, you can't serve the Lord, forget about sitting down to read or study your Bible. Your mind's all over the place. Does that sound like a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind? No. Sounds like the opposite, right? A spirit of fear, which we know is not from God. So the words fear not and be not afraid, they occur over and over in the Bible. I tried to pinpoint a number, but I couldn't find that. So we're just going to say over and over. Why do you think God repeated phrases like that so much? I think it's probably because he knew we needed to hear it daily. Those phrases are scattered all throughout the Bible. It's so important for us to be in his word every single day. Here's the number one reason we aren't to fear. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Here's one of my favorite stories in the Bible, 2 Kings 6, 15 through 17. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host can pass the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. So open your spiritual eyes. God is at work all around us. The devil is able to use our sight to make us fear. It looks like all hope is lost, like there's no way out, like we ought to just give up. Psalm 118.6, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? I want to share with you today a passage of scripture that has come up quite a bit over the last few months. It's written by Paul and it's 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 9. 
But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. There's a lot in those three verses, but let's just start at the beginning. So it says, the treasure is in earthen vessels. An earthen vessel is one made of clay. It's frail. According to Strong's definition, it's something of little or no worth or value. It's not the treasure. It actually holds the treasure. The treasure's in the earthen vessel. The treasure is in that frail vessel. So why would a great treasure be held in a frail little vessel? Well, keep reading. And the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Sister, that frail vessel is you and me. When God uses someone like you or me to accomplish his will, it is evident, especially in someone like me, that the power is not from anything we could ever do or be, but the power comes from our awesome God. The treasure is him inside of us, his power, not us. So what is the treasure that's inside this vessel? We have to look back to the verses that came before our passage today. So verse four tells us that this treasure, it's the gospel. Verse six, it's the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God has put the light of the glorious gospel of Christ inside of every single believer, and he's commanded the light to shine out of darkness before. You remember during the creation of the world? (laughs) And he's commanded that same thing to believers. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go shine the light of the gospel to every single creature. That is our number one job as Christians after we're saved, to spread the gospel. But we all know that there is someone out there that does not want this mission to succeed. Someone that will do anything to stop it. Verse 4 says that the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, so that the light of the glorious gospel of Christ won't shine unto them. So we know we have some opposition. But verse 7 starts with but. I love that. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. But God has put his power into these frail vessels. Remember, you and me, in order that everyone know that the power doesn't come from the frail vessel, but from what is inside of it. And Jesus Christ is what is inside of every single saved person. Warren Wearsby said that the important thing about the vessel is that it be clean, empty, and available for service. Do those adjectives describe your vessel? Or does yours seem more dirty, full, and unavailable? (laughs) Moving on to verses 8 and 9, I think we can all relate to the way Paul was feeling here. He says in verse 8, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Y'all know I love to define some terms, so let's just go ahead and do that. I hope you got a pen and paper. We are troubled on every side. That word trouble, it means to crowd, to afflict, to throng, to press like grapes. Do you feel that from the world? Do you feel afflicted, crowded, and pressed upon on every side? We are troubled on every side, but look at those next two words, yet not. That's just as good as but. Yet not distressed. That word distressed means cramped, to be in a narrow place. So that's like looking and there's no way out. You're cramped, you're in a narrow place, and you look around and there's no way out. So we are not that way. Christians are not that way, even though it may seem that way. Next up, we are perplexed. To have no way out, that is to be at a loss, to stand in doubt. That word perplexed, to stand in doubt. But look at those next two words, but not 
but not in despair. So you may stand in doubt. You may be perplexed sometimes, but you are not in despair. That word despair means to be utterly at a loss, to be utterly destitute of measures or resources. That is not the Christian. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, There hath no temptation or adversity taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. But with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. So then back to our text today, verse 9 says, Persecuted. That means to ensue, to follow after, to make to run or flee, to put to flight, to drive away. So we feel like that sometimes. I know I do. But what are the next two words? But not. So you may be persecuted, but you're not forsaken. We are not left behind. We are not deserted. We are not abandoned. And that verse goes on to say cast down. That means thrown down, put in a lower place. The world may see or even put us in a lower category, but look at the next two words. But not. But not destroyed. That word destroyed means to destroy fully, to die, to put out of the way entirely, abolish, put an end to, ruin. They cannot destroy you, sister. In Matthew 10, 28, Jesus says, and this is in red letters in your Bible, so it is straight from the lips of Jesus. He says, and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. There is nothing on this earth for the Christian to fear. So what? They can kill you. Guess what? You wake up in heaven. Jesus tells his disciples in John 16, 33, also red lettered in your Bible, straight from Jesus' mouth. These things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Although in the world we will have tribulation, we know that. There's still a but. We are still to be of good cheer. That word cheer means courage, comfort. Be courageous, be comforted. Because he has overcome the world. Jesus Christ has overcome. He has conquered. He has prevailed against. He has gotten the victory over the only thing the world has power to do. And that is kill the body. Those words that we define, troubled, perplexed, persecuted, cast down, those are all worldly schemes from the devil. So let's put them in some more modern terms. See if they sound more familiar to you this way. Troubled. What about fear? Perplexed. What about confusion? Persecuted. What about harassment? Cast down. What about outcast? So do these words sound more familiar to you? Fear, confusion, harassment, outcast. The devil has so many schemes, and we know he is the father of lies. These are just lies he tries to get you to believe so that he can cripple you, render you useless in your worry. But he's a liar. None of these things are true if you're a Christian. Remember those verses we went through? We may be troubled, we may be crowded by fear, but we are not distressed. We may be perplexed, there may be times of doubt and confusion, but we are not in despair. We are not desperate. There is always a way out. We may be persecuted, harassed, or unjustly afflicted, but we aren't forsaken. God hasn't left us. We may be cast down. We may be an outcast. We may not be cool, but we are not destroyed. They don't have the power to do that. My word to you today is endure, endure, endure. 2 Timothy 2.3, Thou therefore endure hardness, that's hardships, afflictions, trouble, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 
2 Timothy 3.11 says, Persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. That's a testimony right there. Out of them all the Lord delivered me. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. First Peter 2, this is a long one, but stay with me, 19 through 24. For this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience towards God endure grief, suffering wrongfully, for what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently? But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously." who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. The worst thing that can happen to a Christian here on earth happened to Jesus Christ. He was killed in the most brutal way. But let's look at death a little bit differently now, now that Jesus has conquered it. Death is our vehicle to heaven. So what do you fear today, Christian? What do you need to hand over to God? Do you understand where your fear comes from and how it's used to cripple and disable you? If the devil couldn't stop you from getting saved, his plan B is to render you useless. Do not fall for it. Remember whose you are. Remember, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken cast down, but not destroyed. This trial you're facing, this fear you're fighting does not have to be it for you. But the choice is yours. Will you choose to use the power that is inside of you, Jesus Christ, or are you going to try to lean on your own strength? Thank you for joining us today on Her Portion. We hope you leave with plenty to ponder from God's Word. We encourage you to use today's topic to start your own study in the scriptures. Until next time.